Hello and welcome to the Unpacked Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. My name is Sam Portman and I will be hosting the show today. I'm joined by Sam Stevenson. Hi Sam. Hello. And uh, we will be talking about the match last night, Wolves. Uh, obviously knocking us out, out of the uh, League Cup, whatever you want to call it, Milk Cup. It's had loads of names, doesn't it, Little <laughs> Cup. You were there, Sam. What did you make of it as a kind of a whole thing? It felt like a game of two halves in terms of quality. Um, at half time, I felt like we we barely had anything. Um, the players had underperformed. Um, and to be honest, judging by, you know, after switching up, how we actually improved, you, you'd probably have to look at the players in the first half and say they underperformed. Um, Charlie Adam consistently trying these long balls over the top that weren't paying off. Uh, Mate just didn't look like every time he got the ball, he just looked like he had no idea what he was supposed to do with it. Similar to the way he played the other week. Um, and generally that first half, I really thought, you know, we were lucky to only be one nil down. They looked like they were a level above us. They controlled the the midfield um, and they looked like they had gears to kind of move up into. Um and I was really worried they were going to come out second half and, and blow us away. Um, and, and the beginning of the second half, that's that's how it looked. Um, we made a couple of changes. Swift and Jaria came on. And that changed the game. Um, we actually controlled the midfield. Um, and then push pass came on a little later and we had a bit more penetration in behind. But that was really our issue. It was it was we didn't create that much. We had a lot of the ball. Um, second half, and and uh, we really did control large parts of the the second half of the game, but we just didn't create. We just didn't create enough, um, and I think that's probably been the story of the last few weeks. To be honest, when we have played well, at least um, it's it's been creation. Um, but you know, Wolves are a Premier League side, and they did start a few of their their kind of first teamers. I know it was a largely. Well, both sides were largely reserved, um, but um, but it was still it was still a, I think you know largely a good performance. Disappointing in some ways, and I guess if you're coming away disappointed that you didn't get the win and it was that close, it's probably not the end of the world. No, we obviously get onto the uh, two major talking points of the whole game. Really, probably uh, the goalkeeper returning into the team, Jail Virginia, and having pretty much a horror moment. But also, we we'll get onto uh, a Rabona moment from John Swift in the 99th minute. That is crazy. But let's do the Virginia one first. Um, he did make a good save. Okay, half decent save. It was an outstanding save in the first half just before the goal. But the goal is just, it's painful to watch that. There's no way that should be going in from Jodell on the 27th minute. No, and there was there was a an audible kind of sigh, I think. it was It was less anger and it was more just like, you know, I think people kind of expected it. And I think that's an issue in itself because uh, people have lost confidence in Virginia and had done before this game. And I think that you always hear players talk about how the atmosphere ekes its way onto the pitch and players pick up on it. And I think Virginia knows that he's under pressure and he's a kid and it's his third start. Um, And, you know, players are liable to make these kinds of mistakes and the thing is there was a mistake in the build-up um miazga foul throw that ended up with them picking the ball up um and uh and they they went on and scored and yeah it was poor goalkeeping but there were a, a number of 
poor choices in, in the run up to that. And and um, it was terrible goalkeeping. I can't, you know, I can't deny that. But Virginia was just, you know, the last one in a line of, of, of poor decisions by Reading players. Um, and I really can't stress enough how 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 bad everything about the run up to that first goal was. Um, and so it, it's really easy. You know, you're going to see on Sky Sports, especially if you weren't on the game. Virginia is obviously the last port call there. That's what you'll see on Sky Sports. That's what you hear people talking about. I imagine not being at the game, most people wouldn't have realised that Miazga had foul throwed the ball just beforehand. And and a player has experienced him, he shouldn't be doing that. And that that started that whole runoff. Um, so, yeah, it was poor. Terrible goalkeeping. But everything about that goal was awful from from most of the the players that were in our half at the time. So, yeah, he wasn't the only person to blame. That that is for sure. But it was um, one thing that and, yeah, one thing that definitely wasn't. Uh, I don't like to see. I mean, people's up to them. They have their own lives, don't they? But um, sending complete hatred to a player, any player of any age online. We all. I mean, I I watched it, and you think, God, what the hell is that? You know, what <laughs> what is that? But you don't sit there. I wouldn't sit there and then send him a message of complete hate. And that's that the problem, right? Much. I think I think if if you're going on Twitter and writing, you know, Virginia, what a nightmare, whatever. Even if you want to say send him back, I, I think to an extent that's okay. Yeah, no, no, that's um, fine. Because yeah. he, he, if he goes and seeks that out and sees it, you could say, well, he doesn't have to do that. It's on him. You're a footballer. You know, people are going to talk about you. If you're CCing him effectively into your tweet or you know whatever it is, you know, Instagram message, any of that stuff, that's when it's directed and personal. He is a kid. It's his third start one of our youth players, we wouldn't expect to give our youth players that kind of treatment. Um, and I know he's on loan. I know he's not our player. He's still a kid. Like, and, and some of the people that are sending this stuff are grown men as well. Like it's, you know, can you imagine grown men shouting at like an 18 year old? It would just be, it would be insane. It just, the internet kind of gives people anonymity. They think they can get away with it. And uh, every time I see it, I'm disgusted by it. Um, and I really, I really don't like it when our fan base, attack players directly. As we've seen with Mailer, got a lot of it in the past. Um, and he actually spoke out about how much it affected him mentally. Um, Dave Kitson's obviously talked about mental health issues and, and how it can affect you as a footballer and how I think a lot of fans discount players' feelings and, and mental health issues because they're paid a lot of money. Um, and I, yeah, I don't think... the thing you get is that, oh, I'd be quite happy to get this abuse if I was on 25 grand a week. No, it, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't make no. any difference. If you're on it, 25 it grand a week, you're not thinking about the money. You're thinking no. about playing football every week. And and if you're coming home to a bunch of you know, notifications from people saying you should die and please go back to your club and all that, it's just, it's bullshit. And the people that are doing that kind of stuff, you know, I don't stand with any of that. And and no. as you've seen, like yourself, um, the Tal Hurst Club 1871 have all come out and, and said that it's, it's ridiculous behaviour. And, you know, by all means, criticise the player, but absolutely not directly. And, and, death threats and all that kind of stuff are just uncalled for. Um, I, I, I want to see fans stop that across the board, not just with Virginia, but obviously he's a young kid, so it's, it's exceptionally poor. Yeah, no, totally. One thing that was also happened in the second half, kind of come on to a different point, was a player who we signed in the summer was Charlie Adam. Yeah. And uh, apparently when he got substituted, he had a really bad reaction to it. I don't know why that was. Was it about his own performance? I... About being substituted? I, I can only assume it was his own performance. Um, he was 
poor. I mean, his pass completion rate was, it felt like it was low. He was playing a lot of Hollywood balls that weren't, they weren't necessarily terrible balls, but it was just under, given the circumstances, that wasn't what we should have been doing. We should have been trying to keep the ball and settle down and get into a bit of a rhythm. Um, And he kept giving the ball away over and over again. Um, And I just, it wasn't a performance to remember for Charlie Adam. Um, And Judging by you know how things changed when Swift and Ijaria came on, um, he was definitely part of the issue. Um, the midfield wasn't working, and you know it, it, Wolves clearly weren't as good as I thought they were in the first half. Um, because as soon as those the, the creative players came on, it all changed, and we had the space and the time to play the ball around. And Adam wasn't being closed down particularly quickly, but he was just trying these balls over the top constantly and they just weren't working and and um and yeah it, it, i i did see a few people on twitter talking about the bad reaction i didn't notice it but it was i can only imagine it was his own performance because he was he was poor yeah it's also good going back to the having players like miazga back in the team as well that's a yeah. huge boost going forward i think yeah at least he's one of the ones who did manage to score his penalty so yeah. uh, it's quite amazing at center half outdoes a player who's just done an amazing bit of skill like John Swift had done. That is, oh, man, I, that I, is, I would say, peak Reading FC. Well, it's really funny <laughs> because if you watch the replay back, there's a bit where I think it's when a motor plays the ball in behind. And I was like, oh, don't do that. And then immediately Swift cuts back and does this Rabona. And I was like, did just did he just do that? And I wasn't entirely sure until I looked back on Twitter and realised that he had. But it was unbelievable skill. And not just that, it was... It didn't feel, it felt like between Ajaria and Swift, they were playing without pressure last night. And that's what I want to see more of in the league because they keep getting caught out in the league. And I guess that's probably because teams know how we play and um, press those players more. They look for those individual players. But if we can find a way to kind of, you know, break the opposition press, seeing Swift and Ajaria just playing around with the ball for fun and finding the space. And Rinomoto was a lot more involved as well and looked like a useful player again. And um, at least in the second half, he struggled with Adam in the first. But it, it was just it was really, really nice to see. And and coming away from that game last night and thinking we were that close um, against a Premier League team, it was such a change of pace from what we've been watching the last few weeks in the league. And um, and that might be enough to get the fans back on side again. I don't know. I know things sentiment's been starting to slip, but seeing players like pull out those kind of skills in a game against a Premier League team, it was it was really, really nice to see. And it was exciting. And I just want more of it in the league, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you're right, just that one minute. I know that Swift missed his penalty, and Boy, obviously, who scored the goal with a good header as well. They both missed, and the Boy penalty is probably still travelling, isn't it? It's like a Chris Waddle one. <laughs> that was abysmal. It was but, awful, but yeah. But he still scored the goal, and Swift yep. had that brilliant moment. And for me, yeah, we lost the penalty shootout, but I kind of still felt it was more positive than negative coming out of that match. because they, they got us to penalties. Match. Those two players that missed their penalties got us there in the first place, and without them we would have never had the opportunity to miss some penalties in a penalty shootout. So, um, you know, the, the bottom line is, yeah, we're out the cup, but at least we didn't... I mean, the worst case scenario would have been that we'd lost three or four nil and there was no hope, right? Um, the bottom line is that we saw our best players shine again um, and we saw some creative play. Uh, we saw Miazga come back into the side. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, just, you know, and, and, and Barrett played well generally. It was it was just nice to see um, some positives come out the back of a game that could have so easily gone very, very wrong. Yeah, it could have been uh, nasty. I was fearing a three or four nil and yeah. that didn't happen. So, yeah, if that's a league match, that's a draw. And you come out of that feeling absolutely amazing. Yeah. Obviously, we know the rules of the competition before you go into it. <laughs> no yeah. surprise. They suddenly pulled out the penalty juke out. You know, it's like, oh, let's not bother. Let's do something else. So I know we got through like that at Wickham, but we can change the rules a little bit. Well, I had that sudden realisation. I keep forgetting that it goes straight to penalties. And at... I, it was, I know it's bad. I know you should never wish, you know, your own team to not score. But I was like, oh, it's so, I just, the game was so drab until, until Ajari and Swift came on. And I was like, I don't know if I want to sit through another half an hour of this and then penalties. And, but, um, but yeah, suddenly I was like, oh, actually, yeah, we can go straight to a penalty shootout. We had that nine minutes of added on time. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was exciting. It was, um, it was great. It was really, really good. Yeah, it's, I think most people that actually went to the game kind of still enjoyed it. A bit gutting, obviously, to lose. But I haven't seen loads of people slagging off people and saying, oh, it's terrible. You yeah. know, no way did we embarrass ourselves against the Wolves team, even with the kind of a lot of changes to their team. It's still worth way more than ours, I would assume. Sure. Yeah. You look at the quality of their players and their squad. I know they haven't had a good start of the season. But we now move on to the league action and Swansea City away on Saturday. That is a place where we just tend to have absolute nightmares. They're a team that haunted us. They seem to butcher us. They seem to pull us around, toy with us, yeah. and then just go, oh, look, it's 2-3 now. You can go <laughs> home now. It's <laughs> time to leave. So in the last six times that we've played them at uh, Swansea, it's been, we haven't scored out of the last seven. So, you know, it kind of it does not fill me with joy. No. You now we've got Miazga back. Would you bring him straight back into the team? And what would your back three be if you were going to stick with a back three? Um, I think I would probably, as unfair as it may be, drop McIntyre. I don't, I don't think anyone showered themselves in glory um, against Blackburn, but I don't think McIntyre had the best game. And for some reason in my head, I've still got that. He was pulling my shirt stuck in my head. And... It was a little bit embarrassing. And I just, I kind of, you know, but I, I love, I love McIntyre, but I just think, um, I think I'd play our most experienced back three at this point. Although I would be, I don't know if back three is working for us at the moment because it, it's so, my worry is that we're, we're easy to figure out um, and we're not changing anything. We're kind of slipping back into the, I, I've been saying about Gomez for a while. I don't feel like he's the same as someone like Yapstan because he plays to the op opposition rather than just playing his style of football, no matter what. And that was the thing Stam did, right? Stam had his style of football. We were going to play it. So we'd get pumped 7-0. And then the next week we'd go and win 2-0. And it just worked that way. Gomez, I always felt like, was a tactician and would set up to play the opposition. But then since the Cardiff game, it's almost felt a bit like he said, well, this worked and just carried on with it. And it hasn't really worked since, mainly because I feel like teams have figured it out and we're not setting up to play our position anymore. We're just setting up what we consider to be our strongest team and going with it. Um, and, and so I'm not saying we shouldn't start a back three against Swansea, but I don't know if we should start a back three just because that's what we've been doing the last few no, weeks. No, no, no. But because it, it hasn't been working. 
Um, I'd say one of the reasons it hasn't been working though is because Swift and Ajara have had I I don't they need someone in there like Rinomoto to give more energy in midfield. I think part of it genuinely I I think Miazga might be part of it though, because Miazga gives um more a bit more of an opportunity to bring the ball out. Um and I like Morrison, but I think I I think the stronger back two is is Miazga and, and more. I think they know how each other play. And they worked so well together at the end of last season. Um, so I, I like those two together. Um, and I think, I, I don't know what I'd do in defensive mid. That's that's the issue for me at the moment, because I think you unlock Swift and Ajaria if you've got somebody doing the dirty work in behind them. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, like Pele... I keep wanting to call him Alex Song. He he reminds me so much of Alex Song. He plays in the same position. He looks similar to him. He's got the same hair, but mm. I know he's not. Uh, but um, yeah, he. I don't think he's quite up to speed yet. I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's up to speed yet. And Rinamota hasn't. I don't think Rinamota is an out and out defensive midfielder. Personally, I think he's a box to box player. Um, and so I I don't. I don't really know what you do with defensive mid. And I think that's the problem. I think if you can solve the defensive mid problem, you unlock Ajaria and Swift a bit more and give them a bit more freedom to go forward. Whereas at the moment, they're having to cover. And like against Blackburn, I remember seeing Swift on the edge of the box three or four times and thinking, you need to be further up the pitch. You need to be like creating. Um, But when they scored their first goal, he's one of the players trying to kind of semi-block it. And it really... He, he kind of always, when he's going in to a tackle John Swift, he's protecting himself more yeah. than making the tackle. Yeah, it's not is. his strength yeah. at all. No, it's not. And and I think, and that's why it's, it's actually been quite funny because I've seen a lot of criticism of Swift in recent weeks. And I've actually come away from those games thinking the problem has been, well, it's a number of things. It's one, we're being pressed and the manager doesn't know how to set the team up to deal with that. And two, if you watched us against Blackburn, and I know this has probably been covered, but it's something that I saw a bit of in the first half last night as well. We had this tendency to go left and right and, and rather than looking forward. And I, and I feel like Swift and Ajaria both did that a number of times. And I think it was because they were struggling to find anybody ahead of them to pass to. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and, it, and that's, that's an issue. It's easy to say to Swift, well, you lost the ball four or five times. But when he's constantly looking for a pass and going left and right and can't find that man... Of course, eventually he's going to get he's the crowd will get in his back and he'll try and knock the ball over the top or something and it will go missing and it, it's it's hard for me to look at the game against Blackburn and and even you know based on how well they played last night but even games before the Blackburn game um, and blame Swift and Ajaria when it's not working because I don't necessarily think it's them I think it's the system more than it is those players yeah it's other players around them as well it's the forwards they've got to have movement so they've got something to hit and they don't don't have to hit into their feet I'm really really starting to worry about Pushkas as well a little bit because last night he did get in behind and have a shot once or twice but I'm not seeing intelligent movement from him and it worries me a bit that you know we spent a lot of money on this player who might be quite raw and we need a player now who can get in behind and do the business. And I just don't think he's ready yet. Um, and I might be wrong and he might suddenly start scoring goals and, but he just doesn't look as intelligent as I want him to be um, yet. And, uh, and, th- and that's, that's an issue at the moment because 
we've got these creative players who are looking to play balls in behind and we don't have the runners because Jao likes to drop in a little bit deeper and pick the ball up and mm. yeah I mean the only the only thing that I think might work for us possibly is that Swansea do play a different style of football to someone like Blackburn I don't yeah. think they're going to press us the same way that Blackburn did um, and so we might get a bit of joy but it's hard to see us getting a no, anything out of the game, is it? No, I, it? I agree. But on Puskas, I've had he slightly concerns me his technique at certain moments, his wiring with the shots and the chance he had against Middlesbrough. Yeah, I've been through this before, but yeah, let's hope he proves us wrong there. But the Swansea game is a major worry. They're unbeaten in 14 matches against us, the second yeah. in the league, 17 points from eight games. Although they've only picked up one point in the last two matches, um, we are prime meat. <laughs> to be taken apart. <laughs> it goes like slowly nibbled up and devoured. But let's hope that we manage to get something. Um in my in my honest opinion, I think we're gonna lose. I would say I'm gonna I'll go optimistic. I'll say we're gonna get a defeat two one. I'm thinking I was gonna go two nil. I think yeah. I don't think we'll score. No, I don't think we will really, but I'm going to be optimistic. <laughs> a stupidity. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for listening to this quick uh, podcast. We'll be back again on Sunday. And yes, if you have enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe on iTunes, leave a ratings. And if you want to leave a rubbishy one, don't bother because we're not interested in those. Also, ones. buy <laughs> blue collar food. Buy it. Yeah, blue collar street food. That is the place <laughs> to be heading. They're a fine, fine company. Yeah, they are actually. Glenn's top. They are. They're amazing. He will. Yeah, we both know him. And we both love the blokes, so <laughs> yeah, all, right. <laughs> all right then, cheers, bye.